Welcome to the Lex Autolease Greener Futures podcast about worldwide harmonised light vehicle testing procedure regulations, or WLTP for short. Here, Quentin Wilson and our expert panel look under the hood of this new regulation to uncover what it means for UK businesses. Welcome everybody to the Greener Futures uh, panel discussion. I thought it might be best to begin with the reasons why we're all here and, and, and what expertise we bring to this discussion. Thank you, Quentin. I'm Chris Chandler. I'm Principal Consultant at Lex Auto Lease. Hi, Carl Anders, National EV Manager at uh, Nissan Fleet. I'm Jay Palmer, I'm Director of Policy at the BVLA, the British Vehicle Rental Leasing Association. My name's Keith Budden, I'm Head of Business Development at Senex. And finally, uh, me, Quentin Wilson, I started up uh, Fair Fuel UK. I'm also an a electric car pioneer. So let's talk about the, the testing regimes that really are the reason we're having this conversation today, isn't it? Because they were found to be lacking. The results always flattered the car. Now we've changed to WLTP, which is going to be a mix of real-world driving, real driving emissions, and lab work. The test is going to be longer. So we're going to have better figures for businesses and consumers to work from. Why do you think that we struggled on with this old system for so long? Okay, well, uh, the, the, the NEDC test cycle, as you say, has been around for a long time. I, I think it hasn't been modified since 1997. And it, its original rationale, if you like, was if you were looking at two different vehicles, it would give you a comparator a yeah. as, as which would probably fare better in real-world driving. It wasn't necessarily saying you will get 60 miles per gallon out of the vehicle because one of the big issues of driving a vehicle is ambient temperature where you're driving. If you're driving in the, in the highlands of Scotland versus the flats of East Anglia, whether you've got it fully loaded, and probably most importantly, people's driving techniques, whether they've got a heavy No two people foot. will get exactly the same MPG figures or emission figures. I mean, the way my wife drives our car and I do, there's a huge gap. Absolutely. So the, the idea of WLTP is to, if you like, modernise NEDC. It's a more uh, aggressive drive cycle, so it's got higher acceleration. It's got higher top speed and average speed, and it's over a longer distance. So it's gone from 11 kilometres to 23, 20, 23 yeah. kilometres. And it's 30 minutes as opposed to, to 20. 20, that's yeah. right. So it's basically looking at a much more realistic driving style for modern driving. And we've got lots of different technologies on vehicles like start-stop, etc. So the number of idling points have been reduced. And the idling time has been reduced because a lot of vehicles switch off for that now. It also includes optional equipment like air conditioning, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Now, from an NEDC to WLTP perspective, WLTP will show a more realistic MPG that the average person might be able to get closer to. But you'll still have those variations yeah. of how people drive. It also includes um, optional extras that you put on the vehicle, additional equipment that affects the weight of the vehicle, the aerodynamics or the rolling resistance of that vehicle. So you may now start off with a base vehicle of 120 grams per kilometre, for instance, panoramic sunroof or, or another heavy piece of equipment or some spoilers that change the aerodynamics, then that, there will the be still additional fit, fit CO2 spoilers. on. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> so, you know, a, a, any, anything that affects those three things will then um, mean that additional CO2 goes onto the base model. For us within the industry, that's important because obviously when people, especially business users, get quoted a vehicle, 
they want to see what the CO2 for that vehicle is going to be because that's what they're going to be taxed on. So that when somebody goes on and says, I want that car, but I also want the sunroof, the spoiler, the larger wheels, the infotainment system, which adds the weight, body kit. the CO2 starts, starts to go up as well. And so that, that's a big difference with WLTP. But interestingly, there's an interim piece. So NEDC is the old lab test. WLTP is still a laboratory test, but a more vigorous one. But it has real, and then real it has driving emissions, RDE RDE. Yeah. It has RDE on that, which is real-world driving. But because WLTP has already come in, it came in September last year, yeah. and then it's mandatory for all new vehicles, September this year. Yeah. But there's this piece called Compass in the middle, uh, correlated NEDC, which is already happening now, and that is affecting people's tax levels and the costs of their vehicles at the moment. Now, HMRC said that they'll look at adjusting tax for WLTP, but obviously WLTP doesn't kick in properly till 2020. 2020. So we, we've got this middle piece where tax on vehicles uh, based on CO2 is actually increasing. Some of our audience may be giving up the will to live at this point, <laughs> but it, it's really important to stress this, that it is confusing, and will their benefit in kinds be affected by WLTP? We won't know what the impact will be until HMRC make known their adjustment factors or, or whatever they're going to do to remove the impact of that from the end user because under EU guidelines it does state that this is not vehicle emissions actually increasing and it's not vehicle fuel economy actually reducing, it's a change of measurement and therefore the end user shouldn't actually incur increased cost. I know some manufacturers that are actually faced with all this, what can we call it, just, just bureaucratic sludge, putting their own um, real driving emission units on, on their cars and getting their own figures independently tested because they want clarity for buyers. So it, it is very confusing. What would be your advice, Jay, for businesses who are thinking about buying like Euro 6? Will those decisions be compromised by these new testing regimes? They shouldn't be. I think, as, as Chris touched on, you're buying the same vehicle. All that's changed is how you're measuring it. And so the conversations we're having with government and Treasury particularly is this is not a tax-raising opportunity. It's about tax neutrality and, and making sure that yeah. continues. So again, we're having sensible conversations with government uh, uh, between now and hopefully the budget. We will see a bit more clarity about what the government wants to do at the next budget. But our view is that if the CO2 is rising and the speculation that from the NETC to WLT, on average, CO2 figures will rise by 20% because it now reflects, as you rightly pointed out, real-world driving emission, and that's a good thing. I think in both drivers and businesses need to know what their fuel costs are going to be. But we need to take a step back is where there's um, clarity on the tax regime. And it's not just the company car. We have other tax CO2-linked tax instruments the government uses, such as road tax, there's corporation taxes, and a stream Fuel of other duty. things. But we believe that, actually, if CO2s are rising, then we should have a separate table completely for WLTP. But it's a transition phase, and I think government are a little bit nervous because uh, one of the things we're struggling with is getting good, accurate information from motor manufacturers. They seem to be holding their cards very closely to their chest for all sorts of reasons. And our members are saying, actually, we need to make sure company car drivers and businesses make an informed decision. What are the benefits to businesses, consumers, going to be of these new, new, new testing regimes? I would hope 
it gives them more informed information to make better choices. Again, the vehicles aren't the same, but I think in particular in areas such as plug-in hybrids, how you use the vehicle is so much more important because the battery is relatively small. If you're using a plug-in hybrid in a city, driving very small, short distances and plugging it in and using the battery, fantastic. So I think it's a good thing that they are, are moving towards a better, more robust testing standard. Many fleets were just in the past saying, OK, we'll have a diesel-only policy. Relatively simple and straightforward. But now we want diesels in this operation, maybe plug-in hybrids in that, and electrics in this. And that's a more complicated decision for a fleet. And so that's where having really good data, how your vehicles are used, how they perform, is really important. So that can be from telematics you may have in already, or from putting additional data capture devices in to really understand how the vehicles perform. Yeah. I think it's important to clarify, particularly when you're thinking about your next vehicle, will I be affected by WLTP? As Chris touched on, WLTP figures won't be used for the purpose of tax until April 2020. But the difficulty I think we're having is you've got this interim period, because ideally what the correlated figures should have been doing is putting back as if the WLTP um, test wasn't applied, bring it back to it. It's not happening. So there clearly is something not right. And I think that's the bit that we're asking government to immediately step in, yeah. saying, look, there is something not working. No car at the moment currently meets all the new standards because the new standards have not been set yet. Correct. So that's how confusing and how, how, how difficult it is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's very confusing and I think this is where government can step in to give more clarity about exactly what they're doing. Fleets aren't just making decisions for tomorrow, they're thinking about a few years ahead. And so giving that certainty, stability and consistency of those tax tables is going to be vital. So advice for businesses, what should they do with these new figures? Well, I think as, as, as we've been campaigning for, is making sure we've got clarity being published by government. Um, speak to your leasing provider, make sure that you're working with them to ensure that they get the right information um, very quickly, because ultimately you want to make sure that you're selecting the right vehicle for your use and, and ultimately making sure it's the most tax efficient. Join our Greener Futures expert panel again to discover what clean air zones and electric vehicle technologies mean for the future of fleet management. Alternatively, visit www.lexautolease.co.uk forward slash driving intelligence.